John's Gospel gives a special preference to Mary uh, Magdala. And if you think about Mary of Magdala, the last time before this Sunday she had seen her Savior, her Lord, she heard these words from Calvary. It is finished. Those were the last words that she had heard from Jesus. And she follows behind Joseph from Arimathea as they carry the lifeless body of Jesus, wrapping his pierced hands in linen, wrapping his body in linen, and watching his lifeless head be laid on stone. Can you imagine the grief of her, of her having to watch a stone be rolled in front of the tomb of Jesus. All of these events, as we look back over them, seems as if they happened so um, maybe slowly, but for one who loved Jesus, for one who watched him die on the cross, these were very traumatic events. And the grief that they experienced would be enough to make all of us go home and not come back out on Sunday. But not Mary. I can imagine on Friday and on Saturday that her pillows were soaked with tears as she thought about the one who had delivered her being crucified and having to help place his body in a tomb. It's clear in, in John's Gospel that by the way the writer sets up the story and lets us know where Mary was, where everybody else was, where the disciples were. He wanted us to see the devotion of this disciple named Mary. She was devoted to Jesus. I remember at the committal service of my Aunt Daisy in Montevallo, the cemetery in Montevallo in 2015, the officiant, uh, the officiant that was handling the committal told us that we had gone the last mile of the way with Daisy. That on this side of heaven, there was nothing else we could do for Daisy, but we had shown up for the funeral, and now we've shown up for the committal. We have gone the last mile of the way, and that is what Mary is doing this morning. She is going the last mile of the way with Jesus. She wants to ensure that he has a proper burial. So that's what makes her show up at the tomb. When the sun is rising, she, that's what pushes her to show up at the tomb. And while we find Judas betrayed him, Peter denies him. We find Mary of Magdala at the tomb. Going the last mile of the way with Jesus out of her devotion and commitment to him. And even when she finds the tomb empty and she tells the disciples and they come and look and they go back home, she stays at the tomb she just wants to know where the body of Jesus is because she knows that she has a role to play that is to anoint his body and prepare him for burial. So Mary lingers at the tomb. You know, sometimes it's hard for us to linger with God. But Mary lingers at the tomb even when she feels like he's not there. But she lingers. It's her devotion that sets her up to be the first to see Jesus, the risen Lord. And if you look, the text just describes that Mary is weeping. We see the word weep at least three times 
in the text over the course of three verses. And she's even willing to tell the gardener. Think about this, a woman at the tomb by herself. She's willing to even tell the gardener. Tell me where you laid him. She's willing to even say, just tell me. If you've taken his body, just tell me where he is, and I will take it from here. Now, I don't know how she was going to do it, but she just said, I can take it from here if you tell me. And she, but we have to wonder what prompts this type of devotion. What prompts this type of devotion? If you go back to Luke chapter 8, you'll find where Luke um, introduces us to Mary Magdalene. Um, and she's described as a woman who had been possessed with seven demons, not one, but seven. And it's Jesus that prompted her deliverance. And so, but can you imagine the rebellion in her life? Can you imagine the confusion in her life? Can you imagine the sense of being um, not loved? Not one demon, but that she had seven demons. The text says that after her deliverance, she not only followed Jesus, but she also helped to finance his ministry devotion. It's her deliverance. If you think about it, I don't know about some of y'all, but I've been delivered from some things, and it prompts my devotion. The person that helped walk out your deliverance, it prompts a certain level of devotion when it comes from God. And so this is why we find this devoted Mary at the cross of Jesus, at the burial of Jesus, at the tomb of Jesus, and then on Resurrection Sunday morning, she just wanted her Lord to have a proper burial. So out of her devotion, out of her desire to go the last mile of the way with Jesus, it sets Mary up. It puts her in a position. While the male disciples were hiding in the house, it put Mary in a position to be the first to be told to go and tell the gospel to the brethren at the house. She got a chance to see the risen Lord for herself. And she was not like Thomas. She was not like the 12 that had to wait for Jesus to show up inside of the house because they had the doors locked. Because they were afraid that he just showed up in the house. And they had to see him for themselves. And Thomas had to see Jesus for themselves. But Mary of Magdala is the first one to see Jesus. And I can imagine when she sees Jesus that her tears began to dry up. I can imagine her sadness turning into joy, thinking about all that she had seen, all of the grief and the pain that she had endured. We often think about just only Jesus, what he went through. Jesus went through so much, we will never understand the sacrifice, okay? I want to make, make that clear. But the persons and the people that had followed Jesus from Galilee, that knew him over the course of those three years, that he had delivered and had traveled to Jerusalem for the Passover, and then turns out that your Lord and Savior is crucified. Mm. The grief, mm. the agony, the violence that they had to see induced on Jesus by Rome. Again, I don't know if I would have been at the tomb early on Sunday morning. <laughs> dealing with that trauma. But Mary was so devoted that even in her weeping, 
She even entertains two angels unaware. She was the one commissioned to go and tell the brothers that I have seen the Lord. She was charged with taking the gospel back to the twelve, or the eleven at this point. She was able to say clearly that I have seen the Lord. Now we know and very clear that Jesus understood the assignment, right? We talked about Calvary, that Jesus in the garden, when he said, not my will, but your will be done, Jesus had a clear understanding of the assignment. And every time he didn't say a mumbling word, he understood his assignment. And we are aware that on Sunday morning that the Holy Spirit understood his assignment as well. As angels were dispatched from heaven to roll the stone away. But guess who else understood the assignment? Mary of Magdala understood the assignment. And while she's coordinating the men and telling them, hey, he's not in the tomb, they go back home. And she still understands the assignment. Amen. As a faithful disciple should Amen. and would. She was able to say, I have seen the Lord. Has anybody seen the Lord this morning? Hmm. All right. Has anybody seen the Lord this morning? As the musicians make their way right. back to their instruments, I want to ask you, have you seen the Lord this morning? Mm -hmm. You know, as we come through Holy Week, as we talked about on Friday, Friday evenings, we come through Holy Week, a time of reflection, a time of remembering all that happened to Jesus during what we call Holy Week, a sacred week. It gives you a new appreciation for Sunday morning. You know, sometimes we can get caught up in the wrong things, just, as, just like with Christmas. We get caught up in Christmas trees and Santa Claus. Sometimes we get caught up in the Easter Bunny and eggs and, you know, our clothes. While all of that is good to a certain degree, if we bypass Resurrection Sunday and have not seen Jesus for ourselves, we have come to this place and we have left null and void. It's like a check being written on null and void. And if I could do nothing else today is to remind you that God loves you unconditionally and that God has all power in his hands. You know, I'm one that I study many religions. Um, that's just been a passion of mine since a kid. I have studied many religions, and I always come back to Jesus. I've never walked away from Jesus, but I always, in the perspective of, I frame everything, all of my life, the perspective of the power of Jesus. And if you know nothing else this morning, if Jesus can't fix it, nobody else can. Hmm. If Jesus can't do it, nobody else can. So we want to lean into that this morning. We want to lean into that this morning. Latrina, come get these Kleenex for Daniel. We want to lean into that this morning. Simple lyrics to that song. And if you know the song, 
Sing from your seat. Children and to our significant others 
to our spouses. Building altars, some of us, even to ourselves. And I want you to know that if there's anything that is out of alignment, you lay it on the altar before God, you're going to build an altar to it. Some of us have forgotten the assignment. The assignment is seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. All of these things will be added unto you. God says some of them are even building altars to their pain. They're pitching a tent and they're staying there. of your life to Jesus. God said to me, reminded me of when I bought this last house of how you would sign a contract or sign an initial contract and some things go on and some things change, they'll just add an addendum to the contract. You know, they don't rewrite the whole contract, but you got to sign and date an addendum and it has to be notarized. God is saying that some of us have made him an addendum. That instead of allowing God and bringing things into alignment, we have just made God an addendum. And if I could just slap God on this, I'd put a bow on it. But I didn't wait for the alignment first. And I just want to be clear today that God is not pleased. God is not pleased, but there is grace and there is mercy after repentance. That's the word of Jesus that there's nothing that we've done that could ever separate us from God's love. But repentance must come. And so I don't know any better Sunday morning than to recommit and align your priorities with Jesus Christ. And that instead of building altars to people, places, and things that we lay them on the altar before God because if God can't do it, nobody else can. It's a song we used to sing here that you are my strength. That God is our strength that without him we may have some strength but the strength that we have comes from God. It comes from God. And so on this morning, we're going to open the altar for prayer so that we can pray for those who need to make a recommitment in their mind, in their soul, to Jesus.